you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, and you're listening to Wednesdays with Will. I'm Will Addison. I'm glad you could be with me today. Today we have a special show, and so I'm going to kick this off with a good friend. Uh, his name is Jerry. <laughs> some, some of you may know him as Jerry from Tennessee, <laughs> or if you're in the chat on Facebook, you might know him as Jerry. Uh, I won't give his last name, but uh, the Lord really put something on my heart to do to really begin to highlight uh, ministry and, and things that people were doing, just everyday Christians, you know, things that they were involved in, you know, ministry opportunities, and, and just to talk about that, because I think sometimes we need to hear what other parts of the body are doing, you know, and it's beautiful how God set this thing up, and I want, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Um but we are the body of Christ. So there are different functions, you know, uh, different members do different things. And a lot of times we get in trouble when we are trying to do what somebody else is doing or, you know, we're, we're operating outside of our gifting because maybe that looks more attractive, you know, or that gets more props, you know. So we're like, I want to do that, you know. But God has set us up to do something very unique, you know, to us, you know. And he's given us giftings and abilities uh, for his glory. And so, uh, but I want to highlight just some of the parts of the body doing different ministries. So what you'll hear uh, from me on Wednesday, on some Wednesday shows to come, is I'll have some guests uh, just talking about the ministry that they're involved in, maybe a ministry that God uh, uh, used them to to start up or that they are a part of, uh, and just to talk about what they're doing, because we need we need encouragement in the body of Christ. You know, I think there's a lot that's going on and a lot that we see that can be wrong. And we, you know, do sound the alarm on those things for those things. But at the same time, there's a lot of good that's happening. There's a lot of uh, uh, souls who are, that are being saved, you know, uh, people who are, are being uh, uh, changed for the glory of God. You know, there are things that are happening. And to highlight that, I think it, it would be great. But I wanted to start off by kind of painting this picture with the scripture. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 uh, verse 11 to 15, it says, And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, uh, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So God has given us, you know, leadership, 
Uh, he's given us different parts of the body to help equip the saints for work of ministry. And a lot of times what happened uh, in our church settings is that it's like come and gather with us, just come to the building, but there's no real sending out, you know, for work of ministry. And, you know, I always thought of the church as being like a training facility, a training ground. You know, yeah, we're going to spend time there. We're going to have good fellowship there. But it's all in efforts uh, to go out and to be a light uh, to a dark world. And so with that, and I have another scripture, but before we get to that, I want to bring my brother Jerry in. Jerry, how you doing, man? I'm great. Really excited <laughs> to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you. I think we have a great discussion. I have some things I want to really uh, just kind of talk to you about uh, in, in addition to the ministry that you're, you're involved in. But man, just this concept of like uh, uh, um, equipping saints for the work of the ministry, you know, we see that in scripture. We see even in the, the first century church, we see the apostles going about doing things, you know, and the apostles, the deacons, you know, going about doing things. And it was more than just speech. It was action as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, if I could just say, first of all, you said Ephesians 4. That mm. is exactly the passage that my pastor spoke on this weekend. Okay. And I've been reading the notes from that passage. He he says so much, our new pastor. Uh, but uh, I've been reading over those notes. So, uh, yeah, we talked about that just this weekend. Um, so the equipping of the saints, I'm sorry to get back to maybe your point. Uh, I was so blown away that you were talking about the passage I've been reading. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's so important, I think, Will, for uh, us a lot of times. You know, I'm a regular guy who comes to church, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the names they give people like me is a lay person. Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't know who came up with that name, but it <laughs> it doesn't make me feel very good, lay person. I mean, what do they they think we're laying it's too around? too close to lazy. It, lazy, <laughs> I, I think of laying around. And, um, you know, the Bible, I was, I was thinking about this earlier today, you know, what does God call us? Well, he calls us saints. Yeah. He calls us his it, children of God, his yeah. children, friends yeah. of God, yeah. citizens of heaven. Yeah. And men came up with the word lay people for us. <laughs> and I'm like, is that how they see us? They just think we're laying around. And sometimes it does seem like um, that is kind of the way they think of us. You know, we're just yeah. supposed to come and we're supposed to sit in the seat and mm-hmm. listen mm-hmm. and we're supposed to give our money mm-hmm. and then we'll pay somebody else to go and do right, the work. Right, and I got to right. tell you, Will, I think one of the one of the things that's hurting us today, I feel like the church is a sleeping giant. Mm-hmm. We have the greatest power in the universe at our hands, at yeah. our fingertips, at yeah. our on our knees. Let's put it like that. Mm-hmm. All we got to do is ask God and he's going to work. Yeah. But often the lay people, I'm not going to, I won't use that word again since I don't like <laughs> it, but the saints in, in the seats who come and, and go out into the world, get sprinkled around the world as seeds. Mm. Um, I, I think we're kind of forgotten. It's, it's almost like professionals have to be doing this work. Yeah. And I'm like, look, those professionals, they can't go where I am. They can't go where my wife goes, where mm-hmm. my daughter goes. Mm-hmm. Let's get everybody in on the game. We got too many. We all spe- have a sphere of influence, right, right where we are. Wait, look, before we get into I'm it, because sorry, we, I'm no, sorry. no, I, I want to backtrack because I okay. want to um, our listeners to know a little bit about you. Oh, sure. And uh, who you are, and I want to know how you came to Christ. You know, and what was, what was that like? And just you know, you and your family. Just tell us what. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll try to be feel. brief. And if Miki is listening right now, she's <laughs> rolling brief. her eyes. She's like what? Don't hurt yourself, <laughs> Miki. Don't don't sprain your eye socket by rolling your eyes at me. So I, I'll give you uh, a quick rundown. I'll just start really quickly at the beginning. So um, my father was an alcoholic. Mm. Uh, my mom and dad uh, got divorced when I was five years old. Mm. Uh, my mom 
married another alcoholic, mm-hmm. and that marriage only lasted about two years. Wow. So in my formative years, I, they say like years zero to five are some of your most important years. If you if you miss those with certain things, it's you know it's it's very difficult to make them up. And that mm-hmm. that that really plays out in education things like that. But anyway, a lot of alcohol in the mm-hmm. first seven years of my life, right? Yeah. So uh, anyway, kind of tumultuous, but I, here was one real anchor for me. I had really godly grandparents, and I'm not mm. saying anything bad about my mother and father. Wow. I was wow. growing up, my first 10 years were the decade of the 70s. Mm-hmm. So we were coming off the crazy 60s and <laughs> the close, close, close competition, the crazy 70s. So yeah. you got abortion coming into play, yeah. no fault divorce and all of this. Yeah. So, but I, I, my, my parents loved me uh, very much. I never, ever questioned that. But, you know, there were some crazy things that were going on. Mm. Uh, I had some really strong grandparents. Um, who I, I would probably, uh, I was going to say blame, I don't mean blame, attribute <laughs> yeah. any, most of the, God, many of the godly influences I had were, were tied to them. Now, let me say this sure. right here, because we talk about a lot on this show, how all hands are on deck. And this is an example of grandparents who, you know, had a relationship with God and, and you were a grandchild that came out of a background that wasn't godly, but had a chance to, to hear you know, about God through grandparents. So grandparents out there, your job is not done. Go ahead, Jerry. I'll tell you what, Will, a lot of times I've learned to pray. The first phase of prayer for me is often thanking God for things. A lot of times the first thing I thank him for Amen. is my grandparents. Wow. Because it's hard for me. And I, I'll tell you the rest of the story, Miki. Uh, <laughs> here we go. I told you I was going to be quick. But I, I don't know where I'd be without them. I was more concerned about disappointing my grandparents than I was anybody else in the world. Mm. So anyway, uh, go through that. Uh, I get into the high school years. Now, I look so this is probably important. I think I kind of look down on my dad. I mean, because, you know, there were arrests and rehab, several rehab stints, these kind of things. And I think I look down on my dad as like, man, I'm going to be better than him. And I I hate to tell you that. I hate to voice that. But I'm afraid that's what was going on. So in my pride, I'm sitting here saying, hmm, I'm not going to be like him. I'm I'm good here. Well, Satan is seeing this, I'm guessing, and saying, oh, great, because I, I got another path to destruction for you. Mm. So while I'm patting myself on the back, I'm not going to go down that path. I fell down another path, and it, I got exposed. Mm. So I went through high school, got into college. Um, I was doing well in college, but there were things in my life that not many people would have known about where I was about to implode. Wow. And I'll just, to, to cut to the chase, I got into something that I couldn't get out of, mm-hmm. and I said, God, and this is where finally God comes back. <laughs> Whatever seeds got planted early on, they came back at this point. And I said, God, I can't get out of this. Yeah. I got to have you. And I, I went and talked to someone. In the midst of all the bad stuff, I went and talked to a Christian psychologist, okay. and he gave me the most <laughs> non-Christian advice you could ever give somebody. He just pumped me up and said, oh, Jerry, you've got this going for, for you, this going for you. <laughs> To heck with all that other stuff. Go wow. on, man. You be you. Yeah. And it was terrible. And I just right. kept going on the same path. I didn't wow. change or anything. I just felt better about it. So anyway, right when I, uh, you know, say, God, I, I can't do this. I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm giving it all to you. Man, it was like my life, the trajectory just changed immediately right then. Mm. And uh, started reading my Bible. I forced myself every day. I'm reading a chapter of the Bible. And then I start going to a Bible study and start learning more. And then I'm starting to teach and stuff like that. So it just picked up from there. So anyway, I I was face down in, you know, the mud and asked God to save me. Um, And and I'll tell you one other thing that might be important. At that Mm -hmm. time, I was in the middle of college. And I I, I realized, wow, uh, there is a God and he matters. And 
do I need God? Do you want me to keep going down this path um, that I've started on in college, or do you want me to look at ministry? And I really wrestled with that, and finally came to the conclusion that He was telling me, "No, I want you to keep going in the direction you're going. You go and be the best." I'll just tell you, I hope nobody falls asleep. This sounds like such a boring profession. You go and be the best engineer you can be, and you do, and you live your life the way um, every godly man uh, should, godly person should. Not yeah. as a lay person, but as a saint, <laughs> right. as a child of God, as a friend of God, as a citizen of heaven. Everywhere you go, you be that person. And so uh, I decided not to go into ministry or anything like that. I'm sorry, let me change that. I didn't go into professional ministry. Because you are We're in all ministry. in ministry, right? I just happen to get money from it. a different profession. <laughs> I don't get it from ministry. Um, so anyway, I'm sorry. I know I said I was going to be quick, and here we are. But uh, the show's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, but that's great, man. I think it's always important for us to hear those testimonies yep. because, you know, it encourages the body of Christ to, Christ to hear, you know, what people have gone through. And one of the things I want to want to talk to you about, you know, is just ministry um, you say that you're not a professional minister or whatever, you don't, but man, we all have a ministry, you know, and you found yourself uh, being a part of a mentorship program and, and doing some things uh, with, with some young young men. I want to talk about that. Now, we have a uh, probably a minute till the break or whatever, a little bit more, two minutes, but let's get into it. So how, what is the ministry and how did you even get started? Like what caused you to be, to be focused on that? Okay. So let me, if I could... Let me, uh, I'll back up a little bit. So back right after in my college years yeah. and not long after, I really got into, you know, really seriously engaged in uh, ministry and going to church and all of those things. My life, you know, switched from, I, I don't know what it would have been before. Let's just call it hedonism or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm not friends with those people anymore. And I'm at church all the time, different nights a week, all the different, you know, yeah. mission trips, this kind of stuff. Yeah. So as part of that church that I was in, we would go to a uh, downtown Memphis church called the Inner City Church, and it okay. was true. I know you and I were talking earlier. This was true Inner City, downtown Memphis, right? <laughs> yes. And um, at that time, my uh, who would become my future wife, we were tutoring at a church down there. Okay. And um, we would go down there, mission trip kind of things, you know, in-town mission trips and stuff. So it started there. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that planted some seeds, and I had a couple of young men I mentored there, mentored in that time yeah. just meant hung out took him to get a hamburger or something you know yeah. it wasn't anything serious but it was something yeah so it started with that so you okay. cut me off when it's time i hear the yeah, music yeah well let's stop there and then we'll we'll pick back back up with you know what you're talking about here mentoring and discipleship uh this is Aaron addison's here at american family radio wednesdays with will i'm joined by my friend jerry rayner we're going to be talking about ministry mentorship discipleship you know the church all of that so stay tuned This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. And I'm Will Addison, and today I'm joined by my friend Jerry Rayner, and we're talking about uh, ministry, and we're going to talk about a whole host of things uh, pertaining to the body of Christ. And so before the break, we were uh, kind of talking about some of the ministry that, that Jerry uh, had been doing, and 
uh, and we want to get more into it. Like, what are the things that you're doing now and the mentorship uh, roles that you're playing? And how did you even get involved in that? We kind of talked about it a little bit in, in the office there. But what drove you to even want to be involved like this? Yeah, so before the break, I think I was explaining uh, the church that I, that I went to, you know, right after God really took hold of my life, mm-hmm. um, they were giving opportunities to do that. We went to this place called yes. the Inner City Church. My, uh, what maybe, I can't remember what our status was. Maybe it was before she was even my fiance, but my wife, my my, my now wife, uh, <laughs> and I would go down and with other people and we would uh, mentor, uh, I'm sorry, we would tutor is what we would tutor. do. Okay. Um, so we would tutor them on different things. I had a l- little girl, her name was LaVarsha. And I uh, started kind of uh, mentoring a young man, uh, uh, a couple of young guys there, and mentoring again, just meaning hanging out. Mm-hmm. But um, so we did that for a while. And, and so that kind of opened the door for me. I don't know that I would have been scared to go to a part of town that I didn't normally go to before, mm-hmm. but that completely took away that fear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, since then I've heard somebody say, hey, the safest place you can be is in the will of God. It's not in a location. Mm. It's not your GPS coordinates. Yeah. It's, it's where God wants you to be, right? Right. So uh, after that, probably 10 years later, I mentored a kid and uh, a young man in uh, uh, there's a organization in, uh, in several states, I think, called Youth Villages. Okay. And they take people um, who've been taken away from their parents sometimes, who've been abused, those kind of things. Um, I was looking to help. I, I was actually volunteering through work mm-hmm. and then heard that they had a mentoring program. And I decided, hey, you know, this would be a good thing. I've got some time. It was before we had had our daughter. So I did that. Um, and that was a um, – in, in these situations, generally, yeah. when somebody goes to a place like that where all the kids are coming from very difficult backgrounds, mm-hmm. a lot of people want to focus on younger kids mm-hmm. because for multiple reasons. Maybe they're going to adopt them. Maybe they'll foster them. Yeah. Uh, they're easier to handle. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I thought, well, my first mind – the way my mind thinks, I thought, well – hold on, somebody's got to care about these older kids. They're about to get yeah, out. What do we yeah. do for them, right? So I'm like, okay, give me whoever you got, whoever needs it. I don't, I don't need, it doesn't need to be a young, you know, person. Give me, the, give me an older one who other people have passed over. And Will, I went in there and they said, look, we got to, okay, we've, we've got a child for, a young man for you, uh, but we got to tell you some things about him. And I'm like, yeah, man, nobody, I'm, I'm ready, whatever. <laughs> and they start telling me his yeah. list of issues. Yeah. Man. If I could have turned into a fly and gotten out of that room somehow. <laughs> but then, you know, I was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. You know, let's do it. So I mentored him for about four years. We could not leave the facility. They did not trust him to be safe with other people. So we would just stay there the whole time. That is not how I had envisioned that going. But it turned out great. I mean, yeah. he uh, he would give me Father's Day cards. It was so wow. sad. He'd been taken away from his uh, family. Uh, so anyway, fast forward to mm. now what you were really asking about. And that was in the... 2016 election, mm-hmm. um, I was just horrified by many things that happened there, mm. but especially revolving around the Black Lives Matter organization mm-hmm. and the the racial divide that was created there. Yeah. Um, and that I, I, was manipulated, maybe I should say. I'm not sure that, that w- anything was as bad as what evil forces came in and, you know, created and stirred up div- div- division. Yeah. So coming out of that, I was horrified. I had some friends, dear friends of ours, who got taken off into the CRT direction. Yeah. And I didn't know what any of that was. Um, It was uh, disturbing to me. And it was just like, what is this? Mm. And these were people, I mean, as close as we could be, as close to friends as we ever had. These people were were, were that to us. And I was so distraught by that. 
and uh, you guys come into play here. As I'm trying to figure out what's going on, I'm in a daze trying to figure out for maybe months, and I'm depressed, and I go out to the car one day, and the car, it's like the battery had been replaced, and the, the <laughs> stations in the car are on the presets, and I run into AFA. Mm-hmm. And then soon I run into you guys and Abe, and, you know, here we are today. Yeah. But in the midst of that, I found somebody. It's like, oh, my goodness, somebody knows what's going on. Mm. And it's not a white, black, black and white people can mm-hmm. be on either side of this. Yeah. And yeah. So you guys were just a huge blessing to me, right? Yeah. But in the midst of that, I'm, and I'm sorry. No, that's, that's good. This led me. It was like, okay, somebody's got to get on the front lines of this. And for whatever reason, maybe because of the history I just told you about, I wanted to go and be in a place uh, where not a lot of white people might be um, and try to help make disciples there. Yeah. And just another little thing. You can find a lot of ministries, quite a few ministries, who they want to educate people. Mm -hmm. They want to get you a job. They want to do this. And they'll do that under the banner. And I'm not knocking that. Those aren't bad things. But they are not foundational things. They are Mm. not the base. Mm. From my perspective, I think from the Bible's perspective, if we make believers who love, obey, and follow Christ— we can easily add jobs on top of that. We can easily add all these other things. Yeah. But if we make the foundation, we're going to make you financially better off. It's going to be hard to add Jesus to that. Mm. So I wanted a place. I, was, I, tried, I, had a, I had a catalog of ministries, and I was looking through them, and I, I wanted somebody who's not talking about that stuff. I want somebody who's talking about making disciples. Yeah. And I found, this, um, I found this ministry and went to that one. I, I met with the uh, director and uh, and his his boss in that ministry and I said hey this is kind of what I'm looking for um, you know what do you think so anyway started going down there it was really awkward uh, <laughs> hanging out kids are running around playing basketball and football I would do that with them but it was really awkward for a while but um, it would have been easy to just turn away and not and and walk away from that mm. just because it's like oh, I'm not really fitting in but now we've moved to a place I've been teaching probably since the beginning of going there but. Um, so it's, in, just, it's getting better and better. Yeah. In the beginning stages of, of being there, you said it was kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things that they may have happened to kind of change that awkwardness? Like were there certain instances where it's like, okay, now now they see me, they accept me, or, I, you know, was, was there something that happened to kind of shift that, or it was just it's over time and just changed? Mostly probably just being there over time. Yeah. Um, and teaching, I think that also helped. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm doing more teaching this year. I've probably been there several, three or four years, maybe four or five years now. I don't know. Um, but teaching more, um, you know, we ask questions at the beginning. Who remembers what we talked about last time in this? Right. And uh, we give out some prizes at the beginning. And I've become very popular since uh, if I'm the one handing out the prizes. So giving stuff away helps a lot. Yeah. There. But, yeah, I mean, to your question, I think it was being there. And just mm-hmm. trying to engage more and more with the kids. So, yeah. what what are some of the maybe the testimonies you've seen out of this? Like maybe the relationships that were built, or you know, things that happened that really made an impact on you and said, "Man, this yes, this is where God wanted me to be." Yeah, that's a good um, that's a good point. Now, at at the end of one of the years, I asked uh, Coach Willie is the director, and I asked him. I said, "Hey, I know you know we're at the end of the year here." What, uh, you know, is there anything else I can be doing? You know, this mm. is going to be the summer. And, you know, he's got a lot that goes on over the summer. But the part that I usually uh, am involved with, there's not that much going on. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, is there any, is there any, are there any young men who need, you know, need a friend, need somebody to help them out? And he connected me with a young man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that started several years ago. And uh, it's been really, really good. I'll tell you, we, um, during COVID, I was wanting, I mean, I had a lot more time on my hands than usual. And I was like, all right, I've been trying, I've been wanting to learn the guitar for years. So I'm going to learn how to play it. 
<laughs> I didn't. I failed at that. I can play one song, and I think I've forgotten that. But um, I would go over to his house, and mm-hmm. we would, and he he's really musical, much more so than me. And we would sit on his front porch, and we would uh, play songs together, or one song over and over uh, again. <laughs> right. And um, you know, we we recorded it a couple of times, and uh, so yeah, our, our relationship has really uh, mm-hmm. grown over the last few years. And mm-hmm. you know, he you know, I, I don't want to divulge too much. I mean, he called me one day; he had a terrible day, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it was on him. Mm-hmm. And he called me. He said, man, can you come over? And uh, he was really, really upset. And I said, yes, I can. And mm-hmm. I went over there and we talked. And, you know, I think what you just read from Ephesians 4.15, speak the truth in love. Yeah. Um, you know, he told me what was happening. I said, well, you got to take some ownership for some of this. Right. You know, I'm not right. I can't baby you and tell you that all this is somebody else's fault. Right. Right. And uh, so anyway, we've had some times like that. And yeah. it culminated, uh, you know, this uh, this past summer, I took he and a friend, well, my family, we brought him and a friend of his to the uh, Marriage Family Life Conference. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, we had a we had a great time here. <laughs> they really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. We uh, we stayed in a house nearby to the uh, uh, the conference center or whatever. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> um, we stayed down the street. We went to a, an escape room here. You have a very difficult escape room. I've been to several, and that's the hardest <laughs> one I've been to. So just know that going in. But, but me, yeah, it's let me, been, it's and been let good. me ask you this: You mentioned Marriage Family Life Conference, and just for those who don't know, it's coming up July uh, six to the eight, twenty twenty three. Um, I want to shameless wanna, promotion. Uh, hey, I want <laughs> people to hear your experience, your first experience, like uh, some, <laughs> at the marriage. Family Life Conference. Okay. So you came to the very first one, right? I came to the very first one. So this would have been uh, 2018, I believe. That's probably, yeah, I think 20, you're right. I and think so you're right. What well, was your mindset coming there? Well, <laughs> there's a piece you left out that I think is important to know. Um, when I came across that strange radio station that day, <laughs> It was called Urban Family Talk. That's right. Um, it was not called Suburban Family Talk. It was Urban Family Talk. So, you know, when I heard, you know, I loved hearing about you guys. I, I, you know, I think I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I probably deserve a parking spot out there for the number one call-in uh, listener. Um, so anyway, I think when I, you know, I started hearing the commercials for it, and there was going to be a, uh, you know, a, a conference and, and all this, and I thought, man, I urban family talk. I don't, I don't think this is for me. And uh, I think I said that to you guys one time, mm-hmm. and it turns out Miki told me uh, at the last time I actually talked with you guys, which was several years ago. Last time I was in person. Okay, I, I, I talked. Say, we talked. <laughs> I talked to you on the phone last week, um, but uh, yeah, the uh, the last time I talked to you in person, she yeah. said that there were several people uh, like me who were wondering. You know, I'm. Is and, this for and, me? And, and this was the thing. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm part of your target audience. Yes. And and no lie. Not long after, it, it, was, it was before I told you, but after I started having these doubts, mm-hmm. I hear some, a, a, a commercial, yeah, it and it says, a, if you listen to us, you yeah. are part of our target audience. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, there's Holy Spirit. Look, you, you, were, you were not the only one. I, I so was, we, we yeah. were like, hey, we need to have a little uh, a tag that says, if you're listening, then you're our target yeah. audience. And so you, we had you don't that. have to be white to come to this thing, <laughs> or you don't have to be black to come to this thing. Right, this is for the body of Christ. Right, and, the body you know, of Christ. So and, anyway, yeah. I was driving... Uh, down here and it's about an hour and a half drive and you know i'm i'm a little nervous you know i i heard the commercials and all but i'm like ah, you know is this really going to be okay but man right when i walked in man it felt like home wow. i mean everybody was kind 
loving, smiling, nobody looking over at me like, hey man, this <laughs> ain't you here? don't you know this ain't for you, right? <laughs> so it man, it was it was it was so good. Awesome. Uh, it was fantastic. I, I was I was I was on such a high when I left that weekend. I was just it was great. So yeah, I'm you I'm gave really me I don't this. know if it was that conference or another one. You gave me a bunch of notes. You wrote oh, down a bunch of. <laughs> I took notes at every one. I, t- I took about eight pages you are, of notes. You from are those a note taker. Like. This is it's it's just how I listen. You know, uh, uh, other people they feel bad. Like guy in our class at church, he said, "Man, when I look at your notes, man, I just kind of feel like I'm not living up to right. The standard I'm not doing here. my part, man. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like, well, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this on a on a serious note. I plan on using those again. I'm planning on sharing those with other people. I mean, awesome. I, I teach a class and stuff, so I, I take, when my pastor preaches, I've complained to him. He gives us a little half sheet of paper with some blanks to fill in, and <laughs> mine's all filled in. I'm like, dude, <laughs> if you're going to talk this much, you're going to have to give me a bigger piece of paper. Yeah. I'm going to have to bring my own. Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm planning on, um, if, if I was just going to do it for myself, I would probably do it because it helps me listen. But I'm not just planning on doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. This summer, uh, when we got back, I mean, I came in and I, I, I highlight. I, first, I take a bunch of notes, mm-hmm. and then I highlight the big points I want to share. Yeah. And I told our people, I said, "Look, I'm going to be sharing some of this stuff with you. It's too good awesome. not to share." Man, I love that. So yeah, I mean, I, I just, um, <laughs> I, love I, that. I think we need to be nothing great about me. Obviously, it's just, um, I think when we hear things, I've heard we need to be a conduit, mm-hmm. not a cup. Mm-hmm. Conduits let things go through them. Cups, things dead end in them. Mm. And a lot of times I think we hear things and it's just going to stop with us. And, you know, I've just got a, a few um, platforms, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. I teach a class mm-hmm. I, and I uh, volunteer with this ministry. Yeah. And I've got places where I'm going to be able to share that with other people. Which so. is awesome. And that's what we're talking about here. That's, that's ministry, you right. know, being able to, uh, to do those things that you're talking about. And a lot of ministry need to happen at the local level as a part of our churches, our community. You know, uh, there's a lot that we can do. You know, I think sometimes people look at the pastor and say, well, I'm not a pastor, so I can't. Or even, you know, being on the radio, well, this is not the extent to what we do. You know, this is not it. You know, and so uh, there's ministry all over, all over, all around us, you know, and and we should be open to that. I had a question for you. What do you think the church can do better at in this nation? If you had to pick something, you was like, man, we are really bad at this. What would that be? Well, (laughs) <laughs> Unfortunately, I've got a few answers to that. But the number one thing I would say is we we need to pray more. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think I I may have shared in a uh, message with you guys. There's a uh, you know, there's a evangelical council for financial accountability. There's right. something like that, right? Yeah. Where we make, E-R-I-C. you know, we're out there making yeah. sure yeah. okay, you're a ministry, are you using your money the right way? Yeah. But we don't have a evangelical council for prayer accountability to make sure people are praying. We act like that would be legalistic. What's that? That'll make you a Pharisee to know how much I'm praying. Like, why we need something like that? Well, I, you know, whether we <laughs> whether we know how much somebody else is praying, I mean, that's a, that's another thing that might be uh, interesting to know. But I don't know. I don't think anybody could have uh, accused most churches of praying too much. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. as an example, oh man. <laughs> Keep music, going. I'll man. give you the signal. I know, hey, I, I know what it's like to be when the music comes on, man. That's when y'all save me to let like me Like Abe said, dis- disrespectful music. That's right. Is disrespectful now. music. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I just, um, prayer would be my number one answer to that. Yeah. Um, we've got to, we, you know, we, we're impotent in the culture and mm. we wonder why. Mm. We've got all these ministries. We've got all this money. We've got all this. We've got all these books and all mm. of this, mm-hmm. but we don't pray. So we're going to, we're going to talk more about prayer because I have a couple questions about that. 
and we'll get into that. This is Aaron Addison's here at American Family Radio, here with my friend Jerry Rayner, talking about ministry and more. Uh, we'll be right back. Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will, and I'm joined by my friend Jerry Rayner, who mentioned to me that he likes Crowder. <laughs> I wonder if this is the song that he can play. That is not the song. <laughs> <laughs> this is not it? Okay. Mine is much, much slower. <laughs> Come on, man. Before the break, we, we talked about uh, what uh, is lacking in the church, some, something that needs to be uh, changed or we can do better, and you mentioned prayer. Um why do you think that why do you think prayer is something uh that we fall short on given the fact of what prayer is if we and, and what we believe prayer to be why do you think we don't pray or have prayer meetings or really you know do what we say is so powerful yeah i i think um the comment you just made or that little aside that you just made what we believe prayer to be yeah. I'm not sure we really believe a lot of times. If we, you know, if I told you, you can go to God and ask for anything, there's a couple of requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to believe that he's going to answer, and you've got to be asking with unselfish motives. Mm-hmm. But if there are people that you care about, if there are, you know, whatever it might be, you can go to him, and he is going to answer that prayer. His answer might be yes, it might be no, it might be not yet, mm-hmm. but he's going to answer it somehow. Yeah. If you told people they could do that and they really believe that they could do that and that he was going to answer, <laughs> wow. they do yeah. it. Yeah, all the time. So I just have to think <laughs> that we don't really believe that. Wow. I'm afraid. Wow. I, I don't know yeah. what else can explain it. Yeah. it, it Will, yeah. if I told you there was an ATM down the street and if you take this card and you can go get as much money out of it as you want, <laughs> I bet you'd be down there doing, checking it out, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I, I, I just don't think we I don't think we appreciate prayer mm. the way that God has given it to us. Wow. We're not patient enough, maybe. We, yeah. uh, hey, man, when I push the button on a vending machine, my food comes out. Hopefully. When I go to the ATM, hopefully. <laughs> maybe I gotta shake you it might, a, Yeah, you might I, have to shake I, it a I little I might have to rough it up a little bit. <laughs> but um, I, I don't think prayer works the way we would like it to. We'd like it to be like a genie in a bottle. Mm. And I don't know that we have enough patience for that. I mean, I, I'm not mm. sure what the answer is. No, I think you make a, a good point because we live in a uh, society of get it fast. Yep. You know, and so when we pray... We expect immediately, boom, here yep. it is. You know, yep. and sometimes it is like that. But a lot of times it's like, you know, you have to pray more. Keep Continue to pray. Yes. You know, I'm thinking about the parable. You know, like you you, you pray, you continue to pray. And, and, and even if you don't see what you think you want to see at that moment, it doesn't mean that God is not working and that, right. you know, if we're not patient and, and, and trusting in God, that is not going to come to pass. And so I, I do think that that's a big problem. I think that's a problem uh, of our believing it in mind only. Like we, 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 like we are, we're like, yes, prayer is powerful. Yes, mm-hmm. we would say that, but 
in our, you know, acting out. Our actions don't show that we believe that. Not at all. Mm-mm. Not at all. And that's sad because we have so much that's available to yeah. us by prayer. You know, uh, when you have churches that don't even have any type of prayer meeting or anything like that, you know, it's like, man, I just wonder about that. Like, because at, at one point you had prayer meetings all over, you know, and now you, you'd be good if you can find one. You know? Yeah, you know, I and I'm going to admit this. I hate to admit it. I used to have the same a bad attitude about the prayer meeting. I used to go to a church. It was probably 20 years ago, and they had one. And I remember standing somewhere one night and hearing it, and I might have rolled my eyes or something like, uh-huh. yeah, I don't think I'm going to that. And I look <laughs> back, and I just think, oh, Jerry, what's wrong with you? How could you have thought like that? But that's probably more of our default setting, Yeah, yeah. Um, sadly. But I tell you, well, I went to a— uh, I went to a conference at the Brooklyn Tabernacle mm-hmm. in New York City. Mm-hmm. Jim Cimbala, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, yeah. for anybody out there, this probably had more impact on me than it has anybody I've shared it with, and I've shared it with a lot of people. I've forced my classes to watch this thing multiple times at times because <laughs> it was so impactful for me. But if you look up Jim Cimbala, House yeah. of Prayer, mm-hmm. um, it's an hour long, so just know that going in. But, man, it was one of the most powerful, th- powerful things I've ever watched yeah. and, and listened to, mm. and it just changed the way— I'll never be able to think of prayer that uh, that way again because he goes through mm-hmm. the first half of it. There's two parts. The fir- first part he goes through and he explains what God's word says about it. And then the last part, he talks about prayer in his own life yeah. with a crisis he had in his family. And the whole thing is super, super powerful. But I went to this. I, I want to if I could talk about your the prayer meeting part for a mm-hmm. minute. I went to that conference up there and it was like a two day half one and a half day conference. And I learned a lot. I mean, and I'll just give you a couple of things. One was, if you want to get people praying quickly, just here's two prompts for them. Father, I thank you for, mm-hmm. and it can be some attribute of his mm-hmm. or something that he's done for you. This is where I, Father, I thank you for my grandparents. Thank you for yeah. what they did me. Yeah. Thank you for what they poured in me. Thank yeah. you for their sacrifice and where I am today. I don't think I'd be where I am today without them, right? Yeah. So, Father, I thank you for, and then, Father, I ask you to. These are just some real easy kiddie pool kind of ways to get Mm. people into praying, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other thing he said was, put prayer where the people are. Mm. And what that means is, let me just give you an example. A church that I've gone to before, their prayer meeting was like at a 3.30 on a Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. It was a really inconvenient time. So, Will, this is me. I don't do music. (laughs) I don't do any of this. I have no power over any of this. If it were me, what I would say is this, and please... Bear with me. Hear me out before you turn the <laughs> radio off or whatever. I would change our music times. I would stop. I would stop calling them music. Mm-hmm. I, I would cha- I would work on changing everybody's mind. This is yes. not music time. Yes. This is a prayer time. Mm-hmm. We are going to come in. We're still going to sing songs. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's about to turn the thing off, I'm not saying to get rid of music. We're going to sing songs that are prayers to God. Yeah. But we're going to mix in. We're going to pray to God during this too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll be you praying directly yourself mm-hmm. during this time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we might get, ask you to get with some other people if you're comfortable and pray with them during yeah. this time. Yeah. But, Will, what I've noticed, I, I've kind of charted out some of the things that go on in in, chur- in the churches that I've been to. Yeah. Um, you could go to a church service all through the week and never pray yourself. Mm. Somebody else wow. prays in yeah. the class you go to, yeah. in the service you go to, at the beginning of it, at the end of it, all along. And Jim Cimbala, in that, in that uh, video I mentioned, he said— it was like God was talking to him. He didn't hear a voice or anything, but it was kind of like, hey, Jim, you know what? If you'd brought them to the throne of grace, I could have helped them. 
But no, you got up there with your fancy sermon and your fancy music, <laughs> yeah. and you entertained them, and you you know you got their mind going or whatever. But you didn't bring them to the throne of grace. Mm. Bring them to the throne of grace where they can find help in their time of need. Mm. And we that that often is not even there in our regular Sunday experience, yeah. you know, yeah. our Sunday morning experience. Yeah. So I would just change, you know, if it was up to me and somebody let me play my one Crowder song, <laughs> it was uh, Because He Lives, by the way. It's not, okay. even, it's not right. even his song. <laughs> right. I just like the way he sang it. And that is a super slow song. But, yeah, if I ever do the music, it's going to be that song three times. Um, and uh, But I would mix in. Let's, let's mix in some prayer at yeah. this time. And at the end of the service, let's pray over the sermon we just heard. Mm. And let's bring, I'm not knocking the prayers, you know, having a, a, a prayer time some other time, mm-hmm. but let's bring a lot of prayer into Sunday I, mornings. I, and I think that's right. And that's something that um, at, at our local assembly, we don't call it the music time. We don't call it, we call it worship because worship is more than music. Yes. It's a lifestyle. It's It, it could be reading scripture aloud. It could be, you know, it's it's so much more. It's, it's who we are. It's like, it's not a time of, you know. It's showing God's value, yeah, His worth. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not only music. It's not it, that just drives music. me crazy sometimes when we say it's our worship time, and it and, and worship becomes synonymous with music. Right, that's not the way You're the right. Bible talks about it. Right, people worshipped when there was no music going on. Right, you know. Right, and so I think I think your point there is well taken. You know that there are so many opportunities within our um, services that we can pray and that we yes. can pray for one another pray with one another. So yes. it's just, it's just, it's there, but we have to have that uh, heart to desire to do so. Yeah. You know? I, I'm afraid that we have uh, in the interest of entertaining people that probably has come in and we got to have bright lights wow. and the smoke and we got to have the right kind of music and yeah. man, prayer. Yeah. Ugh, See, prayer, that's the thing prayer too. makes people nervous. If you have a, a, a concert or a, even a conference, man, you can get a lot of people. But if you say we don't have prayer, <laughs> <laughs> they will pay to come to a concert yes. or a conference. Yes. yes, you can't get a lot of people to come pray for free. That's a, wow. almost a Jim Cimbala quote. Wow, he says that it's like you know, and and he says <sighs> pastors have told him this. If I if we have a concert, we'll fill the place up yes. and they'll pay to come in. I have a prayer time, and we got ten people here. So it, it just tells us where our hearts are, and it this does. is where I know there's different answers to what are we not doing well in the church. Mm-hmm. Again, sorry, to, this is not a gym symbol of promotion, but God told him when he started his church, <laughs> yeah. you build your church around prayer. He doesn't have a seminary degree. He doesn't mm-hmm. have any of that. Mm-hmm. He said, you build your church around prayer, and we're going to do something big here. We're wow. going to you know, we're gonna do something impactful here. Amen. Um, where Amen. we've got this template that we use for churches and all of that because everybody else is doing We love to copy, you know, in the church. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it doesn't include prayer because prayer is difficult. Wow. I want to ask you before our time is up, you do have a daughter. I do. And she is college, about to be college age, right? She She, is. She's a senior in high school. And so I've talked to you. We've talked about just the hardship of finding, you know, universities that are not woke. I mean, even among the Christian universities, you know, tell us a little bit about that journey. You know, I don't know if you guys have settled on a place yet, but... That journey and maybe help some parents out with like, man, what can we do? Because they may be facing the same thing. Yeah. Well, you know, you're definitely uh, everybody's going to face the same thing. You you guys are. Um, you well, know, we're going to get them a trade. They're going to try. Maybe if any of them are going, you know, you, yeah. I've heard about JD. You know, he you know he might be going to college, but um, yeah. So my assumption was okay. I'm sure all the public universities are going to be going woke. Yeah. But these 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 Christian ones, man, they're going to stand strong. Well, 
It didn't take long. That's what you want. You know? And I've well, but you know, think of it like I've I've had time to think about this. Will churches aren't standing strong? You're right. If churches aren't going to stand strong, why would we expect the universities to? Because a lot of universities, I've learned. They're tied in with their denomination, yeah. um, and where that denomination's going is where the university's going to go. Yeah. So I don't mm. have. I'm not going to mention any schools. I'm going to tell any parents out there. Uh, I, I. I don't think you're going to find a school where this hasn't at least started. There might be really? less than ten that I've come across that okay. where it hasn't started, and they're a long way away. They're not. So wow. I came to this conclusion. My daughter's going to have to go to a place where this is happening. Uh, mm. Private, public. Christian, non-Christian, whatever. So what I have to do is get her ready for that. Yeah. So as a part of that, um, I, I teach, I think I mentioned, I teach a, a, a group of um, adults. We have started meeting with our high schoolers Okay. to prepare them. There's mainly, I'm going to say mainly two attacks that your kids are going to come under right now. And by the way, we're all under this attack right now. Yeah. Now, it'll change when you go to college, and especially if you live on campus, you are in a very insulated environment. And they can, to me, they can press on you a lot harder than if you're at a commuter school where you're sleeping at home every night mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, for people who are going to go and live there, um, I think there's there's three big pressures that are going to come on. One is going to be the big one right now is LGBT. Mm-hmm. So we need to be prepared for that. Uh, Will, last week, not this past weekend, but the one before, I think it was, uh, we got with our high schoolers because one of them, one of our, I say our high schoolers, one of them is in her first semester of college okay. and she's already getting it hard from a lot of different directions. Man. And, uh, I showed them, I, you know, I showed them Laura Perry's testimony at yeah. the 2019 marriage family life conference. Yeah. And, uh, I explained to them, look, in the Ukraine, Russia war, they're trying to kill each other in this spiritual battle that we're in. We don't kill the other side. We bring them to our side. Mm. So we've got to love these people. And I want to show you this testimony mm. of hers. I want you to see what pain she went through to get to the horrible place she was and even the pain it took with God carrying her mm. to get out of that. She yeah. she wanted to die, Will. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah. She said when she decided, okay, I got to go back to being a woman, mm. she begged God, kill me now. Don't I, I I don't want to walk in to work where everybody's known me as a guy wow. with a yeah. dress on. And I just said and she I wanted just, to die instead of that. I just give this plug too. She will be. We we, we plan on having her oh. and her husband at the Marriage Family Life Conference Fantastic. this coming year. That's the plan. Oh, you that's know, awesome. To man. do like a panel discussion about these issues, and we were talking in our planning meeting. You know, with the youth apologetics uh, track uh, directors, if the older kids should be a part of that, we were like, yes, they need to be a part. The teenagers need to be a part of that panel to be able to hear because yes. they have some of those same things, questions and things going on now. So, um, but yeah, well, that was one of the most powerful things I've ever heard because yeah. I'd never, I, the, all that she went through mm-hmm. and then God still, you know, God saved her from that. And I watched yeah. another version Man. of that where she and her mom talked. Powerful testimony. Uh, oh, unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable testimony. So anyway, one of them is going to be the LGBT stuff. Right. Well, I'm going to also show that group the, uh, in his image, yes. uh, the, the full length thing. Yeah. But I wanted them to see her for starters. Yeah. Um, and then critical race theory is another big one. Yeah. Um, th- our, our culture is basically encouraging us yeah. to be racist. Yeah. And, well, I, so I grew up, you know, in the 70s. That's when I started, basically. Right. And uh, I've been taught my whole life being a racist is a bad thing. And that's what was so confusing to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, are we going back to that now? <laughs> right. Um, that's what, 
How do we do this? And then yeah. I think climate change is another little thing, but it's not as big. And so I think we've got to prepare our kids for this. You're right. How do they that's, defend themselves? That's very proactive what you guys are doing. Like you're getting in front of it instead of like, you know, trying to chase from behind. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. You know, so that's that's great that you guys are doing that in your in your church, right? Right. Correct. So local and, I'm do- and we're also doing that with our uh, that ministry that I'm working with. We're kind of parallel in the two. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, look, that's the end of the show, man. Thank you so much for being a part with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. All right. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We'll be back tomorrow. But until then, God bless.